Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS, Samsung leaks its announcement during the Oscars and confuses some people. Google goes to court in the EU and why the director of Thor could conceivably force Apple to make better keyboards. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, January 10th, 2020 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. Uh, and uh, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. Joining us is UK's associate editor at the Mac Observer and author of Not Buying It, The Facts Behind Fake News. Charlotte Henry, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. How are you both doing? Ah, oh, we've been doing, doing well. Great. Uh, it's good, good, good to have good. you. We, we, have, uh, it's, we have weird Oscar news in the tech news today, uh, one of which you wrote up for Mac Observer uh, that we'll be talking about in a little bit. Uh, we full, were talk- we've gone full award season. Yes, kind of, kind of, with machine learning and keyboards and Samsung ads. Uh, we talked about the Oscars uh, quite a bit in Good Day Internet. If you want to get that expanded discussion, go to patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. The Israeli newspaper Haaretz reports that the Elector app was used by the country's Likud political party and contained the usernames and passwords of all admins in its source code, allowing anyone to log in and download the country's voter registry of 6.4 million eligible voters. The developer of the app confirmed the vulnerability and stated it was a one-off incident that was immediately dealt with. Coronavirus updates. Foxconn received government approval Monday to resume production at its Zhengzhou plant, but its major Shenzhen plant remains closed. They're still waiting for approval to start that one back up. Meanwhile, Sony and Amazon announced they would not attend Mobile World Congress in Barcelona this year over concerns about the epidemic. Uh, cancellations now include those two companies, Samsung, uh, I'm sorry, Sony, Amazon, LG, ZTE, NVIDIA, and Ericsson. Samsung's still going. Mobile World Congress organizers will also not allow travelers from China's Hubei Bay province to attend the event, and all other Chinese travelers must show proof of being outside China for 14 days before they are allowed to attend Mobile World Congress. Sounds like a fun logistical thing. 
for organizers of MWC. ARM announced two new processors, the Cortex-M55 for embedded devices and the Ethos U55 micro neural processing unit designed to offer higher performance machine learning on edge devices. The Ethos U55 is a coprocessor to the Cortex-M line, with ARM claiming a performance increase on ML workloads of 480x. And one more tidbit coming out of Uber's earnings report last week. Uh, Uber claimed it provided 14 million rides in India in 2019, more than 50% of that country's ride-hailing market. Uber plans to expand from 50 to 200 cities served in India by the end of 2020 with the focus on onboarding drivers of two-wheeler and three-wheeler vehicles, which are used quite prevalently there. All right, let's talk a little bit about that Samsung ad. Yeah, the Oscars don't always make it in the show, but they did this year. Samsung aired a commercial during the Oscars showing a previously unannounced foldable device, which we all assume will be called the Galaxy Z Flip, shown in purple and also in black. The phone uses a clamshell form factor, but doesn't appear to fold completely flat. It was shown sitting on a table at a 90-degree angle and with a small full-color display on the front showing caller ID with a slider to accept calls while folded. If you were paying attention and notice at the bottom of the screen stated, you may notice a small crease in the center of the main screen, which is a natural characteristic of the screen. The ad promised more details at Samsung's Unpacked event, February 11th, which is tomorrow. I watched this uh, ad and the first thing I thought was, oh, an Apple ad in the Oscars. And then the phone started folding and I thought, wait, is this Razer? And then I realized that that didn't look like the Motorola Razer. And uh, I waited to discover it was a Samsung ad uh, at the very end, which is interesting, Charlotte, because this is Samsung having an ad for a mainstream audience a day before it actually announces the details of a product. So that's very interesting. And I guess this is kind of the, an equivalent of doing a Super Bowl ad, isn't it? It's a kind of big, big, you know, live. Not as watch. big, but yeah, close. it's, no, it's along we, the same lines, right? As we said earlier, you know, it was a relatively small audience for Oscars. But, you know, it's a lot of people watching something live. But first of all, I was amazed. It looked like a mirror that I put in my handbag. The little, like like, like but, a compact yeah exactly yeah. i have to be honest i don't get the foldable phone thing like didn't we do that well, in the in the early 2000s haven't yeah, we done that especially when it comes with like the you know the fine print of like you know it's almost like it's, it's like a prescription medication ad where it's like yeah side effects may include <laughs> death talk to your doctor side effects may include <laughs> a, a, a creased yeah. screen <laughs> right. so that when you're yeah. that i that means it's working they, <laughs> and you know, and they've all, and they've all kind of. A lot of the companies have been trying to push these products, and the kind of. We know there's been a number of issues though creating these foldable phones, I, and I just can't see what advantage, what problem they are trying to solve by creating these products. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm still hung up on the idea that you, and, and maybe this 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 is why. Maybe they know people aren't clear on what a foldable should do so seeing it in action ahead of the announcement might 
make people more excited for the announcement. That could be the thinking. Uh, or it may be just that Samsung realizes, like, we none of us can actually keep all of these details from leaking anymore, so we might as well lean into it and just put an ad out there. I have to say, though, if I'm watching the Oscars as an average user, not a DTNS host or even a DTNS listener, probably, I'm probably like, oh, I'm going to go into the Apple store tomorrow and get that full foldable phone <laughs> because it, it really looked like an Apple ad, and nobody understands Galaxy Unpacked, what that is. Like, they if if... At anything, right. they might know it was Samsung that did it, but I, it could be very confusing for people, I think. It did you know, look very it's, Apple. It's funny, though. There was an Apple commercial that was um, about, like, Night Mode, and yeah. it was a Smashing Pumpkin song, and I felt the same way. I was like, this has to be an Apple ad, but are they going to surprise me to be <laughs> another company? Like, we're getting to the point now where we're like, ooh, this is a well-done well, well done ad. Who is it? Adobe added ad, and it was very clearly Adobe from the beginning. So I, I commend them for that. U.S. Senator Josh Hawley published a plan to remake the Federal Trade Commission to provide more direct congressional oversight, as well as better scrutinization of big tech, calling out Google and Facebook by name in the proposal as instances of the Federal Trade Commission failing to protect consumers. The plan would put the FTC within the U.S. Department of Justice and replace a five-commissioner panel, which is what it has now, with a single director uh, confirmed by the Senate. The existing panel is also confirmed by the Senate, but the commissioner of the panel gets chosen by the president out of the panelists. This would say you, the president would appoint a director and the Senate would confirm them and then they'd run the FTC. That's it. It would also create something called a digital market research section to specifically look into issues around technology. Holly also called for new legislation to give the FTC the power to levy fines on first-time civil penalties. Right now, the FTC can't do that, and that's why Facebook didn't get fined uh, for the Cambridge Analytica data misuse. Uh, would give the FTC authority to enforce data portability and interoperability standards and give U.S. state attorneys general the authority to enforce the same laws as the FTC so you wouldn't have to wait for the FTC to enforce something. Yeah, I mean, my my first reaction to this is, okay, well, how much uh, power does does Senator Josh Hawley have? You know, how far is this going to get? And if it would pass um, as law and the FTC was 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 reworked, is that a good thing? You got a lot of people who are going to say, ah, no, too much you know, government control. That's 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 frightening. But we're also in a bit of a mess with some of the companies that are being called out here. So, you know, what's the better strategy to keep things the way they are or to change things as as you've just laid out? I confess that uh, the senator in question is not a household name in the UK. But what I think is interesting is more and more lawmakers in different countries, in different institutions are all taking swings at big companies. Now, we're going to see that in the next story we discuss as well about Google and the EU. But, you know, across the board, this is happening now. And I think the, in a way, the tech companies have brought this on themselves. They've felt almost unregulatable unregulated for so long and it, they've almost i think politicians have felt that they couldn't regulate them and now there's a lot of pushback it's it's a vote pleaser if you go after I big see, tech yeah. you know it, it 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 gets you uh get your base enthusiastic kind of no matter what political stripe you are i'm concerned about the idea of writing 
uh, changing a government agency like this specifically for the purpose of going after big tech rather than trying to improve it so that it just works better in general. Because once big tech stops being the problem, then it may not work very well for something else. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of just rewriting it for the purpose of the moment uh, here. But, but you mentioned that EU story. Sarah, tell us about that. Yeah, Wednesday, the EU General Court in Luxembourg will start a three-day hearing of an appeal by Google to overturn a 2.4 billion euro penalty for abusing its search dominance to the disadvantage of smaller shopping search services. Google argues that services did not appear high up because they weren't good enough, not that Google demoted them. Regulators found that Google prompted its own services at the expense of competitors, though. The judge's decision may not arrive until next year, and appeals could last longer. Intel has a case which still isn't resolved after more than a decade. Ten years. They're still working on that. The EU also levied fines for linking apps to Android and abusing dominance to the disadvantage of advertising rivals. Yes. So (laughs) there's a lot going on here. Um, And what's interesting is that, as I said earlier about kind of U.S. lawmakers, the EU is really taking a swing at this. This has been an ongoing issue for... There's been a, there's a new commission, which is the kind of executive body of the EU, has come in recently. They've been really going for this. It's been going on for a number of years now and with the competition commissioners who are there. Um, they're really determined to make a stand on this, and it tends to come through Ireland, where, which is obviously an EU member and where a lot of US tech companies have their European headquarters. So if you see like data protection issues that happen in Europe, it often happens through Ireland. And and so I, Google has, is just one of the companies facing trouble here in the EU. And yeah, as you can see, these things do take a long time to shake out in the EU. There's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through, but they're not letting go of this. You know, things like uh, Apple was told, you know, there's been talk of having universal chargers in Europe. That's all coming through the EU really pushing back and trying to make a stand at big tech in the way you were kind of describing American politicians are doing as well. And because obviously it's a multinational, uh, multi-country block, it does have some authority to, to take, to, you know, fix it across a continent almost. Yeah. Margaret well, Vestager in particular, in uh, now in charge of that competition commission that you're talking about has exactly. pre- previous roles uh, been fighting against these companies and, and uh, probably, to their sadness, uh, she's not going away anytime soon. No, uh, she's not. She's in the team. She has been very, very prominent on this issue, as you say, for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, so th- again, that is a three-day court hearing that will take a year to have a decision, which could then be appealed. So it's not like you're going to expect yeah. Google to f- get finalized. But these things do have effects on companies, and companies will often change their behavior in the meantime to make themselves look like better citizens, such as with Android uh, changing how it bundles in apps related to a different case in the mm. European Union. But but it can have some sort of ancillary effects in that way, even if it's not resolved. Yeah. and. I may be getting my EU law institutions wrong, but I'm pretty sure the general court is not the highest court in the EU. No, I think you're right. I, I, I may be getting it wrong too, but I think you're right. It's not. It's not the. <laughs> Listen, neither of our yeah. countries are part of the EU anymore. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's weird. All right, the group behind the big ML machine learning platform used some deep neural networks trained on factors that were considered predictors of an Oscar winner. The idea was, let's see if it can see the patterns. 
in what won before and then make good predictions about what will win this year. The algorithm used things like film synopsis, uh, other award show nominations, film festival prizes, and the like to get trained. And of the eight categories it made predictions for, it got five right. I did better on my ballot, I'm just saying. It went against <laughs> Odds Maker's Choice 1917 and predicted Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would win Best Picture, but neither were white were right because Parasite won. The algorithm also predicted The Irishman would win Best Adapted Screenplay. The Odds Makers favored Jojo Rabbit, and The Odds Makers won that one. Uh, the algorithm also got Best Director wrong. So uh, the bookies did better than the algorithm. And I think this is a great example of the limitations of machine learning. Uh, they trained it on some stuff that showed what the patterns in the past had been, but it I wasn't the right stuff because past patterns don't always hold in current conditions. So, yeah, I mean, know, there's, uh, there's, oh, go ahead, Charlotte. No, I was just going to say they really don't when human beings are ultimately making the decision. We, it turns out we're kind of fickle and sometimes unpredictable, right? I um, think they could get this to be, be better. I think we're, we're, we're somewhat predictable, although you're right. It's, we, we, we do things that are unexpected, uh, but you've got to have the right information. And that information may be like how to predict the fick, when, when does fickleness play in? I don't, I don't, I don't know how you quantify that. But like this is this is not a kind of Nate Silver baseball spreadsheet where you can kind of you have so much available data right. that it's useful to an algorithm. It seems to me this is too limited a data set. It also kind of assumes yeah. that oh, if certain kinds of art were made in the past, then the same kinds of art will be made in the future. And I mean, that's just the antithesis of the whole idea of art. Yeah. It, 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 you know, there, there, there are definitely some metrics here where it's like, okay, well, you, you, you're getting close to uh, the way that uh, the Academy has voted in the past, the type of movie it is, who's involved in the movie, who the director is, and and that kind of stuff. But it, it, there have been so many surprises, and I mean, I, I get my Oscar pull. I never win an Oscar pull. I'm always wrong on lots of things, but, but I feel like I also take a lot of time to watch stuff, and I'm surprised all the time. So. A machine isn't isn't going to be able to be better than that. I think it could be, but I think the could the, be. I think sure. the exam, what we're seeing here another another thing we're seeing an example of is bias in data sets, and I think you nailed it, Charlotte. It's the data you have to have the right data to make this predictive, uh, and it may be maybe that I'm wrong because there may not be the right data out there. Uh, but it's they certainly haven't found it for this particular problem if if it is out there. The U.S. Justice Department charged four officers of the Chinese People's Liberation Army by name with crimes related to the 2017 Equifax data breach. The indictment includes three counts of conspiracy to commit computer fraud, conspiracy to commit uh, economic espionage, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and a charge of economic espionage, three counts of wire fraud, and two counts of unauthorized access and intentional damage to a protected computer. The indictment claims that the defendants gained access to Equifax system through an unpatched Apache Struts vulnerability about May 13th, around that time, running more than 9,000 queries over the course of two months to obtain trade secrets along with personal data on nearly half of all people in the U.S., as well as a million U.K. and Canadian citizens. The intruders were allegedly, uh, uh, the intruders allegedly cleared logs daily and used encrypted communication within Equifax's systems and then routed traffic through dozens of servers across 20 countries to cover their tracks. 
Yeah, there's there's not much else to say here other than this is this is a message. Uh, we're certainly not going to see these four officers come to the United States to stand trial. They're going to stay in China. Uh, China will certainly, and they may have already by now, denied the the charges. Um, but this is the U.S. trying to say, if you come into our systems and attack us, we will be able to figure out who you are. I think this is interesting in the context of what we're having in the UK as well, um, where we've had a big debate over the use of Huawei in building our 5G infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And the Americans, the American administration, as you know, has been pushing back very strongly and telling the UK not to allow Huawei any involvement. And it is because of incidents like this, right? And it's, as you say, it's this is the Americans take trying to make a stand against the corporate national espionage that we all just kind of assume, let's be honest, happens from the Chinese state and which is why companies like Huawei are feared. And yeah. so, it, you know, in the, there's a, clearly a move happening at the moment where Western states, the US, led by the US, are trying to push back against this kind of digital corporate espionage that is obviously concerning them greatly. And let's be honest, you can understand why. Yeah. And and I'll be honest, the idea of uh, officers in a foreign army being charged with breaking into something like Equifax and accessing information concerns me way more than the potential possibility that there might be an undetected backdoor in a piece of Huawei equipment. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that, that either are zero risk, uh, but one is a much higher and more likely risk than the other. So I, 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 I look at this stuff and I'm like, if I'm China, this is the kind of thing I do. I go after Equifax and hope I don't get caught. Uh, in this case, the U.S. seems to have uncovered uh, who was responsible. I mean, I think it's easy for us to forget now quite how big that Equifax story was. It's huge. Yeah. We've, because we've had so many of these different kind of major incidents, and we have. But that Equifax story really was a kind of moment in time when you've suddenly got 145 million U.S. citizens having their data stolen. And we kind of from the from the China by the Chinese. That is a huge moment and i think we we would all do well to kind of remember that sometimes because in the tech world we move on so quickly from things yeah and that really was like i say a moment in time wasn't it i remember where i was when i read the story i was i was right. in physical therapy uh getting a, my shoulder worked on and wait waiting for an appointment and i was reading it on my phone hey folks if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. In an Oscar press conference, a winner for the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi, was asked uh, what writers should be asking for in upcoming guild discussions regarding a new labor contract. There's a there's a W the WGA, which is the Union for Writers, uh, is renegotiating its labor contract with, with directors. Waititi didn't answer that. Instead, he called on the WGA to get Apple to fix its keyboards. Here's his quote. <laughs> Apple needs to fix those keyboards. They are impossible to write on. They've gotten worse. It makes me want to go back to PCs because PC keyboards, the bounce back for your fingers is way better. Hands up, who still uses a PC? Like he literally called for the press to tell him which of you use a PC. And then when someone raised their hand, he said, you know what I'm talking about. It's a way better keyboard. Those Apple keyboards are horrendous. He also expressed a preference for deeper travel in the keys and complained of inflammation in his shoulders and tendons and related to the narrowness uh, of the keys. I'm assuming he's not talking about the 16-inch MacBook Pro that came out last fall, but the years of Apple keyboards with about which everyone has complained. Right, Charlotte? We now cut to our special butterfly keyboard correspondent, Joanna Stern at the Wall Street Journal. Have you, do you remember her piece? Oh, gosh, she, uh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So, I mean, I think he was... Ta- I assume that's what he was talking about, right? He has the, to be. The I butterfly mean, keyboard, the, the, the which has been inch, horrible for years. The 16-inch is so much better. I can't believe that he wouldn't have at least toned down. Uh, the the old butterfly keyboards that have been out for several years now, I, I mean, there are a couple of people I've met who like them, but most people do not. So I, I was on air earlier with one of them, John Martellaro, who's a wonderful writer at the Mac Observer. He told me I was wrong about... The, the butterfly keyboard and he really likes his he is the only person i've ever found that likes it and hasn't had a problem with it like i say that famous joanna stern article where she kind of took out all highlighted all the letters that didn't work for her and i loads of people had had the same problems i, I mean i do find this story kind of funny that he was like i'm at the oscars i've got one of the biggest awards of my life <laughs> yeah I, I'm a writer, darn it. Well, he doesn't want to. What am I going to talk about tonight? I'm going to talk about <laughs> Apple keyboards. He doesn't want to answer the sensitive WGA question. I get that. The fact that he picks Apple keyboards to pivot his answer into uh, is hilarious, which is Taika Waititi. He's hilarious. Uh, But also, I felt like it was real. Like, he really is railing against this. And I'm I'm sure Apple won't respond to this in any way. if they were to respond, I'd say ship him a 16-inch MacBook Pro and, and see if he likes the new keyboard. And I'm sure they will. I, if, if I could just be the dissenter, um, it, you know, just for the course of discussion, um, I, I don't hate my, my MacBook keyboards. And, and it, it's the same keyboard oh. that he does not like. I just don't hate it. Maybe I just get used to things easily. I've also had a lot of RSI trouble over the last couple of years, so there's that. But I, I just don't... 
I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what people hate so much about it. Is it just, what, what is so hateable about it? I get more travel out of my iPhone on screen keyboard than I get out of the old Mac keyboards. Like, really? I just don't feel like I'm pressing the buttons. Huh. I just, I, I don't quite get, I don't get the hate. I feel like he's like, it's impossible to type on. I'm like, well, no, it isn't. I mean, I do it every it's day. It's not impossible. Sure. No, but, but he's but, exaggerating. But, but maybe, maybe I have gotten conditioned to something that is really bad for me. It was I a just, revelation I, when I, I got the casino book and get back to town. I think he was possibly pushing his luck when he was trying to claim that the butterfly keyboard had given him RSI. But I do think probably that I'm using quite an old keyboard here. I don't know. I don't think this is one of the butterfly ones. I think I'm pre butterfly. Uh Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I can see like you do want a bit of sturdiness in your keyboard. Don't you? If you're typing a long time and I can see if you're a writer, you're bent over your laptop. It's going to bother you, but one, get a better chair. (laughs) <laughs> two, um, two. He's kind of right. Like the butterfly keyboard does suck for most people, and Apple has been really embarrassed by it. And actually, the fact that this happened at the Oscars and has got so much pickup, I actually think is really embarrassing for Apple. Like I, it shows that there's real frustration out there. I, I'm I'm in Sarah's position on the Apple TV remote. I don't mind it at all. I think it works great. Everyone else hates it. And Apple should. But you don't know which way round it's meant to go. Yeah, you just feel for the menu button. No, but no, it's not but good it's enough. it's the same and it argument, just, right? It's the argument. It's just like, it doesn't it matter that I like it. Most this people is actually, don't. It is Apple a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Once you say Apple TV, bro, I'm like, it's the bane of my existence. <laughs> now you know how Tyka feels <laughs> about the uh, MacBook Pro keyboards. Sarah is legitimately angry about the Apple TV remote. I know. It, I, know. I, I should I have am, brought it up. I, I apologize. It's not good enough. Come on. It's uh, a Monday. Don't. I know. It's hard but, enough. But when no, you, I guess you know, my t- point t- is, when, when you have this much opinion about something, it's not just a, a bunch of people jumping on the bandwagon. I think there's something real behind it. And having a major director and writer uh, call it out and having not just having him call it out, but it wasn't dismissed as like, well, that was weird. Uh, it was people going, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with him on that. Well, and it's I, a I complaint it's that we're all familiar with. Yeah. You know, it's, it's he didn't just bring something up where people are like, huh, let's think about those butterfly keyboards. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy, too. Everybody yep. hates them. Uh, it'll be in it. So Apple obviously hasn't commented. I wonder if the Writers Guild of America is going to get say, like, is it going to actually have to dignify this by saying, no, we're not getting involved in a dispute <laughs> with Apple. You can write however you like. Yeah, yeah, we'll it's okay. We'll keep track Whatever of Whatever device is best for well, you. The other thing I like about this story is that a PC is like the ultimate insult. It's so bad I'm going back to PC. Mm, yeah, you did throw PC under the bus a little bit. Backhanded compliment there. Like, can you imagine if you're Microsoft and you're going, oh, you know, one of the others going, oh, what? A Microsoft <laughs> should send them a Surface Pro with right. Adobe software installed on it. That's the PR coup right there. Right, right, right. And all the other, you know, Dell should send him a nice yeah, PC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keyboard stories sometimes hit our subreddit if you care about a certain story and you want to vote on others and let us know what you care about us talking about dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com is our subreddit please join in on the fun speaking of fun also join our conversation in discord which you can join by linking to a patreon account at patreon.com slash dtns 
All right, let's check in with Chris Christensen, the amateur traveler, who has a product tip for those of us who want a little more security from our luggage. Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I just got off an interview for an upcoming Amateur Traveler show about Ecuador, and one of the things my guest mentioned was a friend who had their bag slashed and their iPhone stolen while they were on a bus. And that reminds me that we haven't talked about on this segment products from PackSafe. And PackSafe is a company that has backpacks and purses and things like that that are theft-resistant. They have mesh embedded in the fabric so that they're slash-resistant. And we actually use those, my wife and I, on our trips and find them just a little more peace of mind against theft. So check out PackSafe.com. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Indeed. And uh, certain places you go, that's that's an important consideration. So uh, uh, thanks for the tip, Chris. Let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Rob from Recently Stormy London writes in about our conversation last week about uh, somebody who had bought a used Tesla not getting the package that they thought that they were paying for. Rob says, Tesla software-based upgrade packages seem to be a strange mix of physical items, which can be resold, and game or software license keys and are usually bound to an account on first use. The question in my head is this. When purchased, is the upgrade tied to the item or to the user? Since the upgrade was removed for the secondhand buyer, it would indicate the latter. That being so, if somebody buys the autopilot upgrade package on their first Tesla, could they apply that upgrade for no additional fee to their second Tesla given their purchase history? Uh, These are great questions, Rob. Uh, As far as we know, I have not seen any evidence that Tesla lets you know your purchase is tied to the user. Uh, Tesla may come forward and point out somewhere that I haven't seen that that's the case, but I haven't seen that yet. Uh, nor do they give you the option to, uh, take your autopilot upgrade package along to a different model. Uh, I I imagine that might be negotiated if you traded it in or something. I don't know. Uh, but, but you are asking the right questions, which is you need to know up front what the rules are. And I think that's what caused so much frustration with this guy who bought it used because he said, look, the invoice, all the paperwork said it was there and then you took it away. Like if you had said from the beginning, like, no, this doesn't go with the car. That's one thing. This seems to be more broadly, a a kind of Tesla trait, doesn't it? Mm. It's not the most transparent company in the world. Whenever I look into it, you know, whether it's been through, you know, prices where we keep getting told the prices are coming down, the prices are coming down and they still stay pretty high. They never get to, you know, these type of, I think it makes consumers who maybe want to move to an electric vehicle, who want to make some changes. I think it makes it more difficult for people. And I mean, the example of upgrade packages and buying it secondhand is a really good example of something where a lack of transparency would put you off buying a product. Mm. Oh, and by the way, it's still North Stormy London. I nearly got blown down the street this this morning. Oh, we got some of your wind over here. It's been really windy in LA. Excuse me, it was a rough dinner. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to patrons at our master and grandmaster levels, whether it's windy in your area or not, including Chris Smith, Jeff Wilkes, and Sonia Vining. Also, thanks to Charlotte Henry. I hope you're staying uh, safe uh, in the windy and stormy London uh, area of, uh, of your part of the world. Let folks know where they can keep up with the rest of your work. Okay, so yeah, come join us over at themacobserver.com. Um, I'm obviously on the Twitters at Charlotte A. Henry. Um, and yeah, and there's a, obviously a link to my book on the Amazons uh, in my in my 
Twitter bio, so come check that out as well. Absolutely. Also, folks, don't forget we have new Patreon reward merchandise celebrating six years of DTNS. Len Peralta created a six-year anniversary logo for us. And if you back us at certain levels at patreon.com slash DTNS for three months in a row, you get either a sticker, a poster, a mug, or a t-shirt with that logo on it. Go check out the details, patreon.com slash DTNS slash merch. Six years. I know. Thank you. I know. Guys. How about that? Uh, If you have feedback for us, uh, if you've been watching the show for six years, listening or any any portion of that, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is where to send those emails. If you'd like to join us live, we'd love to have you. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.